How's it hanging, Cake Nation? And welcome back to the Chemistry Cake online podcast, where chatting about chemistry has never been sweeter. Chemistry Cake is online, and today airs the sixth episode of our biochemistry and chemical biology season. Just a brief recap, we chatted with Heather Masson-Forsyth about the LCH protein. We spoke with Kayla Wilson about sea sponges and the enzymes responsible for making isoquinoids. We got to talk with Misael Romero-Reyes about aptamers and polymer membranes. And just last week, we had the pleasure of getting to chat with Carlos Vasquez about genome editing. Today's sweet guest received her bachelor's degree in chemistry and biochemistry at Westchester University and is currently a chemistry PhD candidate at the University of California in sunny San Diego, studying glycobiology. She and I also serve on the Chemistry Graduate Student Council together, specifically on the scheduling committee, which has been great fun, consolidating all of those calendars. Uh, Folks, would you help me in giving a fresh out the oven warm welcome to my sweet friend, Taryn Lucas. Taryn, thank you so much for taking the time to be here, especially at the upturn of the academic term. It is so sweet to chat with you again. How have you been? I've been great. How have you been? Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you. I I've been doing I've been doing really well. I uh, just recently moved, not too far, literally down the street um, to graduate housing, which is fun. I got a new bike, which which is also fun, uh, very exciting. Um, but anyway, it's super sweet to have you on the show, uh, and I'm really excited to hear about your science. Yes. Speaking of science, um, you mentioned that you study glycobiology. And uh, we had a previous sweet guest on the show, uh, Ari Remmel, who briefly mentioned and explained what glycobiology was, which is the biology of sugars. But could you tell us a little bit more about what glycobiology is? Yeah, sure. So the way that I define glycobiology is the study of biologically relevant sugars. So not just metabolizing sugars that you eat, but also looking at how they impact anything from cell signaling and differentiation, um, host pathogen interactions, which is what I specifically work on, cell-cell crosstalk, even immune responses, uh, like a whole host of biologically important phenomena. Cell-cell crosstalk. What is that? Um, so, like, different cellular microenvironments and everything that is going on. So, like, interactions between cells. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, um, adhesions and signaling, different signaling cascades. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Okay. I, I just thought that was a really amusing thing to hear was cell-cell crosstalk. I was like, hey, that sounds like... That sounds like fun, like <laughs> cross-coupling. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> a somewhat tangential but still relevant comment. So you also previously mentioned that your favorite molecule is sialic acid. Am I saying that correct? Yes, you are. So sialic acid is actually a glycan carbohydrate. So it is very fitting for sweet related. <laughs> yes. Um, and so there's actually a few different types of sialic acid. Um, I guess the one that I, so sialic acid is just a broad term for a family 
of sugars that are based off of one specific structure called neuraminic acid. And so the one that I am most interested in is called NU5AC, or it has an N-acetyl group on carbon number five. And that's mostly because that's the receptor for influenza virus, which is what I study. So you also said that this was the coolest sugar, and is it because it targets the influenza virus? Yes. Well, it's because it's it's the coolest sugar, in my opinion, because <laughs> um, it's it's also like one of the most prevalent sugars in humans, uh, NU5AC specifically. Uh, it signals self within us. So in certain cancers, utilize this sugar to kind of coat themselves so that it, they can evade the immune response. There's a, every other animal, well, most other animal species have a different variant of this called NU5GC, but we have NU5AC, and so you can actually have antibodies against NU5GC as well. So it's just, it's just very interesting because our body has these proteins that can scan, and if you, it's one way that if you have proteins that need to be recycled, if they're lacking a sialic acid, the, usually the underlying sugar after that is a galactose mm-hmm. or an, an acetylgalactosamine. And there's actually receptors that can then take up those receptors for those sugars specifically that then tell the body that this protein that was glycosylated is time to recycle it and get a new one. Wow. Okay. A uh, few comments. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. The first thing. No, no, totally fine. I just was, I was enjoying listening to you speak. So the first thing is the fact that cancer cells use this, this sugar, new 5AC, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To coat themselves to evade the immune response. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, this idea of, of recycling is also really cool. I think, I don't know, just recycling thing the body just recycling things is a very cool idea to me i i can't quite put my finger on why it just is like reduce reuse recycle anyway um <laughs> re, re 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 but but uh i've digressed the question i have now is when you say new 5ac mm-hmm. um when you say when you say new is it nu 5ac it's n-e-u so n-e-u yeah so the, the base thing is neuraminic acid. So you spell neuraminic N-E-U-R-A-M-I-N-I-C. <laughs> <laughs> and this has uh, to do- <laughs> brought to you by the letter N-E-U. <laughs> anyway, um, 5AC. And so I'm assuming that AC then are like base pairs and they're on... So AC terms, AC is actually stands for acetyl. So it's, oh. there's an N-acetyl group on one of the carbons. And five is the carbon. Yes. Carbon five. Okay. So recap, folks, just in case, just so that we're wrapping our heads around this because we're learning new things. Uh, this is a totally different type of nomenclature for me, by the way, because organic polymer chemist. Anyway. Uh, inorganic chemist also. Uh, anyway, so new NEU for neuraminic acid. Mm-hmm. Five is the carbon on which the acetyl group or AC is yes. on. Okay. So it's, it's actually an N-acetyl group. So N-acetyl. yes, so it's N-acetyl neuraminic acid and the five carbon number five is where the N-acetyl group is coming off of. Got it. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're tracking. 
Very cool. That is cool. Wow. Okay. And so you said that this was a particular molecule of interest because it targets the influenza virus, which is what you're also working with. So could you tell us then a little more about your science? Like, what are you working on? Yeah, sure. So um, I actually do a little bit of polymer chemistry myself. Um, So our lab, the Gadula lab, has this polymer backbone that we glycosylate. So I will glycosylate with different, we use um, silo-lactose. So it's a sialic acid linked to a lactose. Mm -hmm. And those go on the polymers. And then, so I didn't mention this, but the linkage type of the sialic acid to the underlying galactose is what determines the, the species tropism of influenza virus. So Influenza is found in birds. That's the reservoir for influenza virus. Mm -hmm. And it binds to a specific linkage. It's called the alpha-2-3 linkage of sialic acid to the underlying galactose. Mm -hmm. Um, But then a few mutations can cause it to switch the influenza binding to switch preference for the 2-6 silo-lactose, which is what humans typically have. And so I make polymers with both of these types of linkages and change like how many linkages, how many sugars are on the polymer backbone, the size of the polymer backbone, as well as the concentration at which I print them into little microarrays. Mm -hmm. And then, so the idea being that you can probe the influenza virus binding to these different presentations of the receptor Mm -hmm. and um, determine potentially if a virus can switch its receptor specificity between binding to the avian type glycans or the bird ones and if it's going to switch into binding to the human type receptor that (laughs) mind blown okay i also have a few more questions the first one is um so you're referring to like alpha two three and i think you also said was it two six alpha two six yes alpha two six okay for the folks at home that may not know this what are the numbers referring to so they're referring to the way you number the carbon chain um, of the sugars. So basically, when you have a, a new 5AC, there's the first carbon that you number is a carboxylic acid carbon. And then um, carbon number two will be linking to whatever carbon number three or carbon number six is on mm-hmm. the galactose. Got it. It's just a way that you, we name because sugars are all carbons and hydrogens and oxygens, right? So they have very similar reactivity in certain positions, which means that you can have a lot of different isoforms of these molecules. And so we just refer to the linkage because the linkage actually changes the overall three-dimensional architecture of the molecules. Right. Okay. Thanks. Yes. Uh, Second question. Mm -hmm. What is tropism? Um, It just means like, so the virus behaves differently when it infects the birds not it doesn't behave differently it just binds a different sugar than what it binds in when it binds to humans so by changing the tropism it means that it's losing preference to binding to the avian type sugar and gaining the preference to binding to the human type sugar for example ah okay so that's what you meant by like switch of selectivity where it's like okay i'm gonna bind to the sugars that are in humans rather than the sugars that are in birds Yes. It's a little bit more complicated because we do have yeah. some of the bird type sugars, but for right. the most part, it needs to bind to the human type ones. 
in order to be infective and then be able to be passed via aerosols or like through the air, like how the normal flu is typically passed. Got it. Understood. Wow, that's I'm learning so much. <laughs> okay, so yeah, tell me more. Tell me more about why, why influenza? Why, why glycans? Well, I actually didn't know anything about glycans. Well, I mean, I knew their structures. When you take organic chemistry, you learn how to draw the Fisher projections and all of that stuff, right? But like, mm-hmm. I had no idea how relevant they are to many diseases and just all a lot of things that are happening within our body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am the type of person that likes to learn new things all the time. So I was like, got to grad school, I found out that sugars are important. I was like, yes, that is what I want to study. So, <laughs> uh, it's also hard because so glyca- sugars or carbohydrates are like one of the four biological building blocks, right? You have RNA, DNA, you have nucleic acids, you have lipids, you have protein, and you have carbohydrates, right? Yeah. Um, but everything else is kind of templated, right? You can determine what you're getting out based off of the DNA structure, right? Mm-hmm. Glycans are so different. They're, it, the reason why people don't really study them is because they're hard to study. Uh, mm-hmm. It's based off of availability of the monosaccharide building blocks, as well as like enzyme expression. So you have to have certain enzymes that like grow the chain and they could be localized differently within the body. It's just like very complicated. And I was just like, I want to do something complicated. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes and influenza it like is very relevant so I started in 2015 my Mm -hmm. grad school program and I that year it was like a pretty the influenza was actually pretty bad because some they kind of try to figure out what strain is going to be the most relevant that year and that's what they put in the vaccine but I think they had they got it wrong that year so it's like there's still even though influenza is like we have vaccines against it there's no cure for it yeah some years you have like the 2009 the bird flu epidemic and like it's just it's constantly changing and evolving and there's still more to learn so we haven't had it we haven't figured it out yet oh gosh more power to you for wanting to do something complex and complicated i love complex puzzles Right. Like, I, I feel like this is kind of like a like a like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, or rather le- less, a, less a puzzle and, or maybe it's a puzzle. You can you can say that um, or rather like, ah, complexity. The game is afoot. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> uh, I did want to ask. OK, mm-hmm. so this is like backtracking on one point that you said, because you said polymer and my ears perked up because polymer chemist. Right. Mm-hmm. What am I allowed to ask what polymer backbone you're using? So we make a monomer in-house. It's based off of like an acrylamide-type backbone. Okay. Um, and then we do raft polymerization. What is that? Reversible addition, fragmentation, chain transfer, polymerization. R-A-F, the C is silent, T. Oh. <laughs> I know the C chain. is silent. I know there's chain in here somewhere, but I didn't remember what it was. <laughs> I... Hashtag the sea is silent. Um, just wanted to, <laughs> that's, that was really funny. Okay. That's so cool. I, I love that. Okay. And so, so I guess now my question is you, you work with this, this sugar 
um, new 5AC, mm-hmm. um, which targets influenza, which I is cool. Which influenza, influenza. Oh, targets. influenza targets. Yeah, influenza takes advantage of our new 5AC in our body. Okay. So influenza binds to this sugar mm-hmm. and then it's internalized. And so this is the main re- way it gets internalized into our cells. Mm-hmm. And then it takes over all of our cellular processes and just spits out a whole bunch of new virus that then do the same thing over and over and wreak havoc on our immune system. Got it. Okay. So when you were explaining uh, glycobiology, you said that you said um, things like like cell cell crosstalk, which I was like, well, that sounds really cool, um, and a few other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned a specific thing that you were focusing on which is the host pathogen interaction so basically us being the host influenza being the pathogen the pathogen influenza binds to our cell surface sialic acid and a whole bunch of other microbes take advantage of this um, process so or like similar processes so influenza is the most prevalent in my mind because that's what i study but there's also like glycan there's certain commensal bacteria in our gut microbiome that Mm -hmm. they utilize these sugars and eat them but if they (laughs) if they um reach this one phenotype if they grow together enough then they just kind of form their those biofilms so it's useful in the in that too um but a lot of pathogens hiv ah yeah 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 Um, okay use glycans to enter cells oh enter cell okay so interesting so i'm I'm just gonna recap what i've learned so far um influence like host human uh Mm -hmm. well cake okay um (laughs) (laughs) pathogen influenza Uh uh i guess target quote unquote is the sialic acid in this case new 5ac and the influenza binds to that. And you said that it internalizes it. So when you say internalize, are you saying that it like it's like Pac-Man and eats this sugar? Or what exactly is happening? So when, when- once the virus binds to sialic acid, um, it can the sialic the virus itself is internalized by the cell because it I don't know of the actual receptor for influenza virus that so there could be like a protein-based receptor that the sialic acid is attached to, but the influenza virus has this also this other protein on its on the outside of the virus that actually clips away sialic acid, so it can move from different receptor to different receptor until it actually reaches the one that allows internalization into the cell. So basically, it goes into an endosome and is then trafficked into the cell releases its contents once it reaches an acidic pH and then our, our uses our cellular machinery to replicate itself. So when you say clips, <laughs> is it kind of like using sialic acid as a key and trying to like use that key to like some type of receptor and then the receptor is like, ah, oh, yes, this is the correct key. And then it just goes into the cell and then it just like inserts its DNA into the host cell? Is that what's going on? So it's always going to be the same structure of sialic acid, but so I don't know if it's just based off of a time that it's there um, that will then allow it to become internalized. I don't know if that's really known. 
Um, there are studies that show if you take away a certain type of, um, if you take away a protein that does have some type of glycosylation on it, then you don't get as much viral internalization. But sialic acid is just like coating our cell surface. So it's really hard to study which uh, is the actual, which protein underneath, because it exists as a glycoprotein, right? Or it could be a glycoprotein on the cell surface. But if it's like something, it reaches this protein, then the protein can signal that, or I don't know, causes some sort of signaling to occur that then the virus is internalized. Uh, it's, it's really hard to study. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, that sounds really complex. So like, so this is essentially a black box. It's just kind of like a, we know how it gets there and we know that it goes inside, but we don't know what's going on in between. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kind of, like we don't know if it's just one receptor that it's binding to and that's how it's internalized or if it can bind to multiple different receptors and be internalized. But our body does actually produce these decoys. So our mucus mm-hmm. is made up of a protein called mucin Mm-hmm. and glycoproteins and they're heavily glycosylated with like short branches of of glycans and they all terminate well maybe not all of them but a lot of them terminate in sialic acid and so these sialic acids are used kind of as like um inhibitors so the virus mm-hmm. in order to infect cells has to move through our mucus and kind of clip off these sialic acids in order to reach the cell surface and then become internalized so our body has tried to come up with these defenses but the virus is constantly evolving and can constantly outsmart our body's evolution. Dang. Yeah, I I can see why it's it's very complex and difficult to study because like you're working with a virus that is constantly is constantly variable. Mhm. That's so insane. Oh, wow. I've learned so much today. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wow, that that was so sweet. <laughs> Taryn, this was such, such an incredible discussion. Um, and it does look like we are nearing the end of our chat. But, but before we end, I have one last question for you. Are you ready for it? Yes. Okay. What is your favorite cake flavor and why? Carrot cake. With, cake. Especially with the cream cheese icing because mm-hmm. it's just so good it's delicious short and sweet <laughs> i i appreciate that oh this was such a great i've learned so much um i feel so enlightened um <laughs> and like i really do appreciate this because it's it's definitely a and and you can just see folks uh, at home like you know you know i i studied um, organic chemistry and i study inorganic chemistry and for some time, I studied bio, biochemistry just a little bit, but just this is such a different language to me, and it's very, like, exciting. Um, anyway, uh, sweet friend, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Um, I hope you had as much fun as I did. I did. It was um, a lot of fun. <laughs> yay! Uh, to the listeners at home, thank you for joining our chat today. We hope that you got to learn uh, so much about sugar science. Um, and biologically relevant sugars. Uh, And we hope that it was a sweet time for you too. Unfortunately, Taryn is not on Twitter, so I guess we'll just have to follow her on Google Scholar to keep up with her uh, sweet and sugary adventures. 
Um, and of course, you are welcome to follow me on Twitter at Chemistry Cake for podcast updates, grad life shenanigans, and other hypeful things in the life of cake. Well, folks, uh, this is all we have for you today. Um, this is your gentle reminder to stay hydrated, to keep the hype alive, and to edify our village. Reach out to a friend today, folks. You might make their day. Thanks for tuning in, Cake Nation. This is Chemistry Cake, signing off. Thank mm-hmm. you.